You are listening to Dear Adult Daughter, a podcast for women who wish to use the difficult relationship they have with their mother as a catalyst for growth. Today, I'm answering a question and we're going to really delve into boundaries, a lot about boundaries. So the question is, my 80-year-old mother's full-time home is near my summer home. I split my time between my two homes, which are about an hour and a half apart. For the most part, she is a pretty healthy woman. Unfortunately, over the last couple of years, she has become depressed and suffers from anxiety. She is being treated for these conditions. I have hired part-time aides to help me oversee her daily needs, doctor's appointments, etc. However, she only wants me. She uses guilt, hysteria, and manipulation to get my undivided attention. It's exhausting and somewhat unbearable. I'm being consumed by her condition. My question is, how should I handle this daily bombardment? I want to help her, but I also want to enjoy my time at my summer home. How do I do both? What words should I use to gently make her understand that I need my space? How do I create a boundary without feeling guilty? I don't think there are any words, gentle or otherwise, that will make her understand. And despite the fact that I once offered a workshop on how to establish boundaries without feeling guilty, I don't think it's possible to never feel guilt. And nor is it really advisable. But what you can do is you can change a relationship to guilt and in so doing, allow yourself to establish and maintain healthy boundaries. So often we think of guilt as like being this thing outside of us. It's like it's automatic and it sets in and like because that's what it always does, right? Guilt is just this thing that happens to us. But the thing is, is that guilt isn't automatic and it, it doesn't have a mind of its own. It's a man-made concept. And it's a word we use to describe a sensation in our bodies that we don't like and that we believe our mothers are forcing us to feel. But really, guilt is just the result of the stories you tell yourself about why you should feel guilty. So generally, when we feel guilty, especially when we're thinking about setting boundaries, it's because we have thoughts and beliefs like these. I'm being selfish. It's my fault. I'm unreasonable. Boundaries are mean. I don't deserve to have boundaries. But another way to think about healthy boundaries is to ask what needs to happen so I can like and respect myself in this situation, and then simply just be responsible for making whatever that is happen. And it's also worth sort of taking like a little bit of a historical view and understanding that you know, as you meant, as she mentioned in her um, in her note to me, you know, the guilt, the hysteria, the manipulation, right? These are things that women have done for centuries because they work, and because it's how women get their needs met or got their needs met. Because you know, first, women, you know, in the you know not so distant past women weren't allowed to meet their own needs desires and preferences in the same way that men were and it wasn't considered ladylike to be clear about their needs preferences and desires or to ask directly 
And if they did, they were punished in subtle and not so subtle ways. And despite our awareness and progress, that shitty patriarchal wound keeps getting passed down. But I digress. So how do you change your relationship to guilt? Consider that according to the dictionary, guilt isn't actually an emotion. It's simply the knowledge and acknowledgement of wrongdoing. Guilt is a state of circumstance, in other words. You're either guilty or not guilty in relation to a legal or moral code that you value. And this is something that I learned um, in the book, The Language of Emotions by Carla McLaren. Now, an emotion closely associated with guilt that we often feel is shame. And shame is when you know, we have decided we are, that there's something wrong with us, not that we've done something wrong. So you get to decide, is establishing and maintaining healthy boundaries with your mother wrongdoing? According to my own moral code, healthy boundaries are not wrongdoing. They serve a greater good. They create clarity and intimacy, and they're kind because they help others know how to be with me and how to get me at my best. Um, and in, in my book, Difficult Mothers, Adult Daughters, I provide several practical ways to set, set healthy boundaries. Um, and that starts in chapter 13. I think it's like several chapters, 13, 14, 15, and 16. Um, and then in my next book, which was the Difficult Mother-Daughter Relationship Journal, I evolved um, that method for setting boundaries. And I want to share that here because I think it applies so um, in this evolution, um, well, first let me back up and say that in the previous uh, book, we talk about the boundaries, the anatomy of a healthy boundary as being a request and a result or a request and a consequence. So we can ask you know, someone to stop doing something that crosses our boundary. Um, and then we have an action that we will take if they don't choose to comply with our request and always understanding that adults don't have to do anything that they don't want to do. And so, you know, when it comes to a boundary, it's up to us to take the action that we say we're going to take. But in this new evolution, um, there's the request, the action, and a benefit instead of a consequence. And when we're clear about the benefit of the boundary and we can communicate that, it um, gives the person with whom we're setting the boundary a good reason to comply. Now, again, they don't have to, and we don't have to necessarily have a good reason, but you know, depending on the nature of the relationship and depending on where you want it to go, um, this sort of boundary model can be helpful. So let me lay it out for you. There's the request, which is you ask her to stop doing whatever it is that crosses your boundary. And you don't necessarily have to say the request out loud, but it's important for you to be clear about it, knowing the behavior that you don't want to be around or tolerate. And then the action is you are letting her know what you will do if she chooses not to stop crossing the boundary. This is the action that you will take. And the more well-defined the action, the better and more effective your boundary will be. And finally, the benefit is being clear how this boundary will help the relationship. 
and serve the relationship. So for example, the request might be, please stop calling me every day. And the action would be, if you call me every day, I won't answer the phone. And the benefit is when we do talk or I do visit, I will be able to give you my undivided attention. Be as specific as you can in regards to what you're willing to do, what you want to do. Maybe you want to visit once a week or twice a week. Maybe you want to talk to her on the phone once a day for 15 minutes. Whatever it is, communicate that to her and then honor your boundary. Again, the action you say you will take because she probably will not honor the boundary, at least not at first. And that's okay because she doesn't have to respect your boundaries in order for you to have them. And just as that there, just as there are thoughts that create that guilt that we associate with setting boundaries, there are thoughts that mitigate guilt and help change your relationship to it. And some of those thoughts are, I'm allowed to want what I want. I don't have to justify, defend, or explain my boundaries. I can love myself through this. I support myself. It's okay if she doesn't understand. I can handle her reaction. This used to be scary, but now I'm choosing to trust myself. I'm letting her off the hook for having to respect my boundary because I respect my boundary. I get to be the adult in this situation. I'm not responsible for how she feels. She's not responsible for how I feel. A boundary is simply being clear about my requests, the actions I will take, and the benefits. I get to decide. Advocating for myself is never unkind or unreasonable. Never ever. But I do want to go into this whole respect thing a little bit more because so often what, stop, what stops us from setting the boundaries that we need and want to have with our mothers is the fear that she won't respect them. And I know that that's what stopped me. We have the fear that she doesn't, if she doesn't respect our boundaries, what that really means, if we dig a little deeper, is that she doesn't respect us, right? And I know that for a very long time, I wasn't willing to take the risk of discovering that she didn't respect me. For years, my fear kept me spinning and self-doubt and confusion about what I wanted. I was afraid to want what I wanted. And that mental and emotional turmoil of having to figure out what I was going to do and say each and every time I interacted with her wasted my precious time and energy. And then after my interactions with her, I, you know, I'd spend hours or days or weeks fighting with her inside my head and recounting to anybody who would listen how horrible she was. You already know that setting boundaries is the answer and yet you haven't done it or if you've tried, it hasn't been effective. <clears throat> and it's because you've been approaching it, you've been approaching setting boundaries with her from a place of believing that she has to agree with or respect them. You won't set the boundary because you're afraid to find out that she won't comply and that's been your lived experience. And you make her non-compliance mean that you don't deserve it and that you're bad and wrong for wanting it. Because as I said, women are socialized to believe that asking for what we want is greedy, selfish, and ungrateful. And because we believe that, we will over and over again choose not to advocate for ourselves with boundaries. 
I hate to say it, but she's not going to make it easy on you. She's not going to like it. She's not going to respect your boundaries. She doesn't think you deserve them. And when that happens, you'll make it mean that you're bad and wrong. So you won't set the boundary. And because you're giving her the power to decide whether or not you get to have what you want, you won't do it. And you'll be hurt and pissed off again at her and at yourself because you're a human who's been conditioned to hide her truth. And that's why I do what I do. Because your mother doesn't get to decide to have the power to decide for you. You do. She doesn't get to have the power to decide your worth, your goodness, your greediness or selfishness. You do. And that's why setting, establishing, and living with healthy boundaries is amazing because the woman you become as a result of having gone through the process is priceless. It's worth repeating. Believing your mother has to respect your boundaries can create a lot of pain. And to avoid that pain, you won't set the boundary. Whether she consciously knows it or not, your mother's counting on that. Setting boundaries doesn't have to feel bad. In fact, it can be one of the most empowering things you ever do, not because you end up with a boundary, but because you see and experience yourself as powerful. So let me wrap this up with some boundary myths um, that are out there, you know, that we tend to, you know, these boundary myths tend to get in our way. So the first one is that boundaries will make other people behave. But the fact is boundaries are not about getting other people to behave differently. They're about knowing what you will allow into your physical, mental, and emotional space, and then take responsibility for creating more of that. Another myth, as we just talked about, is that other people need to honor your boundaries and respect them. But the thing is, if you honor your boundaries, it's more likely that others will. But even if they don't, the clarity you have in regards to who you are, what you value and what you stand for, what you need and what you prefer is what will help you act on your own behalf. Another myth is that boundaries need to be communicated verbally. Now they certainly can be, and sometimes your considered action speaks louder than your words. Another myth is that you only need to communicate your boundaries once, and only if only that were the case. But it's likely that you'll have to communicate them more than once, especially with someone who isn't used to you having them. Again, this is a clarity point. The better and more deeply you know yourself, the more energetic your boundaries become and the less you will have to communicate them. Um, Another myth is that the best time to set a boundary is in the heat of the moment when you're frustrated, resentful, and angry. No. (laughs) The best time to set a boundary is when you are in a compassionate frame of mind. You want to work through any frustration, resentment, or anger first, journal or talk with someone who won't continue to validate those emotions until you can get to a space of calm. The reason you're upset is not because of what the other person is doing or not doing. It's because you don't have the proper boundaries in place and you have not been honoring your truth. So once you've done that, you can better decide what your boundary will be. Another myth is that boundaries are about keeping people out. For example, going no contact. And 
you know, a boundary certainly can be no contact, but boundaries are really about what you want to grow and nurture in your relationship. Boundaries are about being grounded in your truth so you can handle yourself in a way that you like and respect, no matter who is around you and what is happening. Sometimes that means walking out or hanging up the phone or maybe even taking an extended break from seeing or speaking to someone. And finally, the last myth is that you need boundaries to protect yourself. Boundaries are, again, how many times have I said this? Boundaries are about respecting yourself. And the more you respect yourself, the less protection you need. This is a subtle but powerful distinction. If you see yourself as needing uh, protection, you're putting yourself into a helpless, powerless position. Even if you think it's just with her, that belief that you're helpless and powerless and in need of protection will seep into other areas of your life. This doesn't mean not having or disregarding your boundaries. It just means that the energy with which you establish and maintain them will be vastly different than it is when you're establishing boundaries because you believe you need them to protect you. Establish and maintain your boundaries out of respect, not out of fear. And that is all I have for you today about boundaries. Um, as I said, in chapters 13 through 16 in Difficult Mothers, Adult Daughters, there are um, there's lots of good boundary setting advice there. And also in the Limits chapter in the Difficult Mother-Daughter Relationship Journal. And there's lots of ways to interact with me. You can leave me a question or comment by clicking the message button on the Dear Adult Daughter podcast homepage, which is at anchor.fm backslash KCL Anderson. Or you can use the contact form on my website, which is kclanderson.com backslash contact. I will answer your questions in an upcoming episode and, and in my email love notes, anonymously, of course. And if you'd like to receive my email love notes, you can sign up at kclanderson.com backslash subscribe. Thank you for listening. This is, I think, the longest podcast I've done so far. I've been trying to keep these short, bite-sized bits of wisdom for you. Um, So thank you and much, much love, Karen.